Welcome to today's podcast. Today, I've got Adam Newman with me. Adam's a partner in Newman, Langley and Stavry. They're financial consultants and they'll help clients with the financial planning and wealth management side of things in preparing for exit. Adam's one of the few wealth advisors that I've met who actually focus and understand working with SME business owners and all of the pros and cons and I guess the differences with business money and company money and and personal wealth. So Adam, welcome to the Exit Insights podcast. Hi, Daryl. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Hey, look, I've just touched the uh, the intro there, but I'm sure I didn't do it justice. Why don't you give us a bit of background about what you guys do and how you came about to doing it? Sure. Okay, Daryl. Um, my background is actually um, from a, a banking world, so served my time many moons ago working in commercial banking initially and then left that world um, uh, post-financial crisis where I think it was going to be quite hard to, to lend money. But I've been working with owner directors um, in raising in raising debt and, and some equity. And at that point, um, back in 2009, I then became a regulated financial advisor. And ever since then, I've been um, honing my skills and, and working um, as a more uh, generalist, holistic financial um, uh, consultant with owner directors um, and their families alike. Um, and build a a financial practice uh, now with um, my business partner, um, Alex Stavry, and we've got a, a relatively small uh, boutique firm, but um, a growing firm. Um, and again, as I said, making our, our ways in, in specializing in, in dealing with owner directors. Um, uh, and we help them with um, all myriad of different uh, plans, be that through their, their life and, and journey as a, a business owner, but also um, ultimately when those are looking at um, some sort of events, be that trade sale or uh, MBI, MBO or exit event of some description, we, we like to help those owner directors make the most of that on, on the way and most of their life's work on the way out. Okay. So, so is it owner directors and business owners that you focus on or are they just part of the people you work with? They are um, part of the people over the years because we're, um, you know, we're, we like to think we're, we, are, we are, we're good at what we do. We get recommendations and, and introductions into, into families um, um, of the, owner directors or, or the stakeholders within that business. Often we'll be advising some of the senior leadership team in that business um, on their personal or on commercial elements of um, their life within the business, be that some um, sort of um, group arrangements that's offered or, or pension, but also we'll, um, we'll be introduced by other forms of, of client referral along the way from them and it just grows and grows. So we've also got professional introducers that we who work closely with um, that introduce um, all types of different clients. But I would say predominantly in my side of the business, um, I would I would say that I specialise. That's my area of expertise is with the owner director. My business partner would say they're all people. Um, so uh, and we will do with everyone. But yeah, as I said, that's uh, something that we can really add value to because we see, especially the entrepreneurs we're within the S um, and M of SME, um, their business and their um, personal lives are inextricably linked. Um, it could be personal guarantees or um, uh, directors' loans into the business. It could be having conversations with them about how they remunerate themselves at the business and their family members, maybe in it, family businesses we work closely with as well. Yeah. And I guess the big thing about uh, business owners that makes them a little bit different from a, a wealth planning perspective, yes, they're all people, but they, they always seem to have this, this big asset, significant asset as part of their lives that they can't capitalize on, but this asset is uh, generating income for them in the meantime, and they will capitalize on it down the track which employees of high net worth employees with, with high paying jobs, 
don't seem to have. You know, they get bonuses and they get looked after in other ways, but it's a significant difference. And it tends to mean, I don't know if you experience this, but um, business owners seem to live their lives far more intensely uh, than, than employees alone. So, yeah, they've always got these stresses uh, bur bubbling away underneath, always influencing. And, you know, because they do know that they've got so much riding on this asset, you know, selling their business one day, it, it's a big part of their lives. So, you know, they often come to me and I'm sure they say it to you as well. You know, don't worry, Daryl, my business is my pension. And I go, great. Well, if your business is your pension, tell me about your pension planning. And sure. I go, well, I'm going to sell it one day. I go, well, for how much? Uh, and then they'll say something like, I want for it. Yeah, and, and that I want number is always one, five, 10. You know, it, it's a big round number. And yeah. so we, we ask the question, you go, well, okay, that's what you want for it. What's it worth today? And what are you doing to get there? And they go, well, I don't know. I think it's worth, and they'll pluck a number out of the sky. <laughs> so you go, okay, so how did you arrive at that number? Um, well, you know, I, you know, I've seen other businesses and I go, well, how sure are you? How confident? You know, and that number is different to the number you told me you want. How are you going to get there? Is that similar to what you see? It, it's absolute, um, you know, everything you've just mentioned there is stuff that we've heard before. The, my business is, is my pension and the one um, five and ten are absolute classics that we hear all the time. And I think often those numbers, there might be some numbers there that are, um, are, are close to it and that would um, we work. What we try to do is give clients um, some context to that magic number and understand with a bit more science and a bit more um, detail about why the number's the number within the business, okay? So we're not business valuers. We don't go in and we're not chartered accountants and we're not experts in creating commercial traction to dispose of businesses. But what we're experienced at is sitting down and looking at people with complex financial affairs, owner directors I love working with because there's always a story. You say they live their lives intensely, but yes, they do. And there's, there's always, you know, there's a, always a bit of, um, a backstory, a bit of volatility, and then a bit of, and that's you know, we really like getting our teeth into it. You can really add a lot of value into 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 that, and you know, giving them some structure and some understanding. You know, an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, as we were, are, are good at turning a pound into two pounds. They're, they are making the money in their business. And what we like to do is to say, well, what we want to do is try and protect um, uh, that as best we can. So we try and you know, protect in terms of tax efficiency, but also mitigate risk within the business protect business profits we've got strategies that we work with on clients on doing that but actually what if they're talking about um their business being their pension their largest asset and trying to realize that is that we're not going to go in and be able to single-handedly value that business and turn it around and tell them it's worth you know a, a two six ten times ebitda for example what we can do is sit down with the stakeholders in that business and it can be the major shareholders initially, and we can do it private confidentially with individuals or as in a group and be a little bit more of a, on a collegiate basis and, and really open things up around the shareholders um, or stakeholders in the business. But we'll sit down and we'll do, for those that it's relevant to, personalized cash flow modeling. And so what that means is we can really sit down and get into the nitty and the granular with them um, and then take some of those I don't know, understanding of what do they need now to live and to make sure that they're meeting their essential needs and they're just and they're just the lifestyle needs that you have does that involve things like private school education for multiple children looking at planning for how they extract the money out and the wealth out of their business to meet that need is something that we help with but also 
the, the, the strategy that we use and the software that we were able to employ to do that sets in assumptions to look at playing that out until mortality and saying, well, what does it look like if you, you know, what are your financial objectives and do financial goal-based planning on scientific basis and looking at, so, well, what is the number? If you're extracting out of the business handsomely, but you need in your, in your mind X amounts, can we give that some context and reality and saying, well, to meet your needs, actually the number you need is 5.2, not five. You know, actually it's far less. You only need to really to meet the goals that you've got. And if these are realistic goals, you only need 2.75, not the 10 that you think it's going to need. And that's not under, so under, you know, the business may have the potential to grow and be, but we're trying to give them some content saying, actually, you can take a little breath here actually and think about how do we get the business into the, in the best shape? Um, and we've got other strategies and things we employ to do that, but you know, um, yeah. that's yeah, that's that piece. So it's really interesting because what I notice, and and having worked with SME owners over the years, is that once they start having conversations with uh, someone like yourself, and and they get the the reality of what they do need, and here's how much you need to have these, you know, to live the lifestyle that you want to live, and once they get some clarity around that, and they, you know, it it becomes a reality. It's like they breathe a big sigh of relief. Now, it doesn't mean they stop showing up at work, but what it actually has the impact on is they actually show up without that stress inside their body all the time because they're relaxed because they know they're, they're bang on target to achieve what they need to achieve. Everything's under control. They've built assets outside of the, the business, so they haven't got all their eggs in the one basket. And now they're able to become better leaders because they're not under stress all the time to, you know, everything's riding on the outcome of the business, i.e. all their eggs in one basket. Um, and so they just become better leaders. And, and you know, that's one of the reasons why we always encourage business owners as much as we can to get some clarity around their wealth management rather than I think, I think, I think. Also, I think, Daryl, is that my experience would, um, would suggest that when we're meeting with um, Family businesses, it's, it's prevalent in, but also you know, any, any form of um, SME sector with multiple shareholders is that often starting the conversation about um, what they want to do in terms of an exit or an, an event is um, something that they, they won't even sometimes be able to start the conversation and be, be able to actually get in, um, into a, a conversation with the board and talk about um, the vision for the future is actually getting that started is what a financial advisor is used to doing is opening someone up to say well what are your objectives here and sensitively and getting the the, the people around the table um, and then taking them away privately and saying privately what do they but getting them often around the table to talk about it and then you can come up with strategies about what it's going to mean because different shareholders might have different visions for the business so it may be that the older brother um, wants to keep on going until they're um, 80 but the the younger sister says actually I'd like to spend some more time um, with children or grandchildren and therefore we may be you know we've got different visions about what we want to exit and um, and, and do to, and, and sell for and there may be different ways that we can help look at um, potentially structuring deal shape although we're not again the only people around the table doing that but we can maybe review well are there ways that we can create the income that you think you're going to need where there could be some sort of deferred period or whether and is that comfortable for you or is there going to be a way that you could create income from one of the assets that you retain we've got a client tricky family business relationship you know an 80 year old um business um had a big distribution center that was um, a million pounds a year worth of rental 
Um, but they were looking for this, they're being advised by one of the top um, four accountants. Um, and one of their big assets was this, this bricks and mortar, but the buyers that were looking at it didn't need the big distribution center. Their businesses could able to use their own distribution centers. They wanted the book and they wanted the, so looking at the ways, well, what can we do with these other assets and does that create the income and can we split it out and make sure we get the shareholders in a position where they've met their own magic number and they've had a conversation about it and be able to, because what we don't want is the, and a lot of the blockers that you see, and you mentioned it before, there's often you get to the end and um, people are putting up blockers, why not to, um, to sell? And that could be one of them. Yeah, so, so there's a classic example there. You know, the entrepreneurs have found as they're growing their business that they've invested in, in various areas and, and, and commercial property is, is a big one. But when they've come, so what you're saying, I think, is, is when the, the buyers would come looking, they didn't want to buy the property. They were just interested in the actual business. The, the, you know, so what they, they kept the property and did a lease deal back to the, to the buyers? That's right. Yeah, they, they offered a, a lease deal initially, and then um, they got around um, uh, 15 years of security of income now on a decent lease length. Right. So you know then that there's going to be and you know, we had to be involved with a property expert who's Rick's registered to understand that we work with their um, in-house accountant, not the big four accountant that was doing the work on the on the disposal. We worked with their tax advisors to discuss that um, and their legal team. Um, and so we're, we're around the table with all of these entities and we're just part of that professional advisor um, uh, Board, you know, our own you know, board of professional advisors that people can use and call upon our expertise, but we don't have a monopoly of knowledge, yeah. and neither does the client accountant or the or the tax advisor. But we have our we have our expertise and specialism. Adam, look, one of the things that we come up against all the time is is meeting with business owners who say, "Hey, look, my business is my baby. My business is my pension. I'm investing everything back into my business." Why do I need to talk to a wealth manager or a financial advisor? You know, I've, I don't need to get the pension. My business is my pension. Why do I need to speak to these guys? What value can they add? So how do you approach something like that? Yeah, thanks, Dale. That's a really good question. We, we do meet that, um, that kind of uh, response on occasion. And that is where, um, you know, it's to expect we've got serial, often serial entrepreneurs with expertise in their own field. who have always been self-advised. Um, they're very passionate, very strong and um, passionate about their businesses. And we understand that. I think our, our way of looking at that with them is saying, do, do you want to wish to you know, have financial security? Okay. And a knowledge of financial security. Now we can help you uh, obtain that comfort and a bit more comfort around that. Rather, we'll put it all on black. Okay. So this, this one event. Okay. And, you know, I'm a glass half full Kind of kind of guy, and I also know, you know when we're looking at good businesses, we see they are going to be successful. But the idea of putting that on um, uh, all on one um, opportunity, it's hey, you've got to, things have got to coalesce with that on an event, <laughs> some a big life event, and it can be there. Uh, no, or, you know, maybe there one and only chance that's going to happen. And I think along the way, what we can advise clients are, um, on doing is is improving you know, the general hygiene within a business and improving the way that that business runs to make it even more profitable as well. So it's not just about going in and looking um, at the beauty parade at the end where there's money on disposal and a financial advisor is paraded around with a number of the wealth managers and going in and saying, well, let's invest this uh, big lump of, of money to go and um, uh, create an income for life or, or security after the event. 
what you should be doing with your financial consultants is, is building that financial security along the way, but also you know, adding value. If a proper financial consultant like, like us uh, is coming in, we're going to be helping with much more than just um, the event, as it were. We'll be looking at risk mitigation strategies within the business. We're looking at how to retain, reward and recruit um, good people within the business. We look at ways of protecting the business profit within a business. So mitigate, thinking ways that perhaps having conversations, this is something that we would uniquely do is ways that you can remove personal guarantees. How can the business become preferential creditor? We'll be having a lot wider conversation just because our expertise allow us to have those conversations. So I think it's a, a lot broader than just saying that, oh, maybe look at putting some money into your pension. I think we we can definitely have that as a, a lever to pull, but there's so much more, you, you know, and as I said, the accountants don't have a monopoly of knowledge on that. Yeah. So, okay, so we're, we're looking and, and starting to educate them around the, the wider benefit of what you can do and, and, and saving along the way. What, what about tax? Is, is there benefit in talking to you guys before the actual event? Um, are there any tax considerations that, that need to be um, explored before a deal is actually finalised? Well, yeah, interestingly, we've obviously just, um, when recording this, just had a budget. And entrepreneurs' relief was not um, was not attacked, but uh, it previously was at, um, uh, prior to the, the prior budget was at ten million pounds um, of lifetime allowance. That's dropped previously down to, to one million. They haven't uh, raided that again. Um, but what you're going to be looking at is entrepreneurs' relief is a, is a one that you'll classically hear from a, um, uh, an owner director that their accountant would have mentioned to them, and so. You know, a, a decent size um, exit um, is going to be uh, in, in it, uh, using up your lifetime allowance and then some. So you're then looking at capital gains tax. So you're talking to someone about what strategies can we employ early on. So it's a strategy, not a reaction to what the event, the event, because that's far too late. And being strategic financial plans, we're not, um, I don't want to beat accountants up, but it's, it's, we're not looking historically. So an accountant would be looking historically and then telling you what the bill is. A commercially minded accountant might come in and say, okay, we need to start thinking really about how to get the business in shape and look at shareholding changes within the business for, for those um, uh, that have the, the ability to do that, that don't have um, an, other outside investors, maybe a family business or a small and medium sized business. But you could be looking at things like business relief qualification as well, where um, you know disposal of, um, of business uh, of shares will benefit from business relief on occasion, whereas carrying things like accepted assets, um, without going into too much detail, but carrying accepted assets can mean that some of that or proportion of the business wouldn't have qualified for business, the shares wouldn't have qualified for business relief. So looking at that and doing a pre-transaction uh, well in advance, we like to think of um, you know at least three to five years in advance to try and get the business in the right shape. But we again, we'd call upon other tax advisors to, to um, to work collaboratively on that those discussions um business profit corporation tax you know big one for for and directors and especially budget recently would say they're starting to think more more and more closely about it as it goes up um over over the coming um years and, and there is some detail around sliding scale on there but looking at corporation tax changes to an increase in the uk and needing to be looking at um what we can be doing to extract profit from the business in a um, that doesn't burden cash flow um, uh, and, and and does it so it protects the interest of the business and looking at hygiene um, factors within within taxes is just prudent thing to do and I think any business owner selling or looking to come in and buy a business we're looking at well, what how are these guys being advised or you know people being advised about their business yeah. um, you know I think that's important for us to to get in early and talk about all of those types of tax all right so 
Adam, you focus on working with business owners. What, and so, so I know you've got a lot of experience in working with them over a number of years. What, what are the top three, I guess, issues or, or areas that you guys um, work on with, with them when uh, you, you're working on their planning? For the, owner, the, the top three um, issues for owner directors, um, is this the pre-sale or post, post-sale? Oh, yeah, areas that you work on with them with, you know, the, the top three things you tend to work on and, and, and advise them around, I guess. Looking for a couple of tips because uh, the listeners out there are going, okay, I'm, I've got Adam here, we, you know, what, what can he do? Where would he advise me potentially? I think every single client we work with, we take through a process of, cash flow modeling i think that is something that we immediately will sit down and 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 go through um an audit of what they've got and where it is and what they're doing and understand how you know how that fits into their lives on a personal and commercial basis and looking at understanding what it is their financial objectives are and going through that process is just a really healthy way of, of someone getting a bit of clarity and context i think that's something that any client that's got a, a financial um, advisor or planner or consultant relationship, they should be getting that from them. And if they're not, they need to be speaking to someone that's giving them that because that is just where the value is really added, I think. Yeah, that's and we're talking, we're talking personal cash flow now, aren't we, as opposed to business uh, cash Correct. flow? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not, again, we're not going to be producing, um, you know, P&L, um, trading forecasts or, or balance sheet. But what we can do is read them, right? So... So where our expertise um, lies, that we can have that conversation with an owner director and read and understand and empathise, but we're not going to take the place of anyone to, yeah. to create that level of detail. But it's personal cash flow. That, that's the top one around value, real adding some value. Yeah. So what they need to live on and how much they need to have to generate and provide that cash flow post-business exit or, or retirement or whatever path or journey the person decides to take. Yeah, correct. Yeah, and, and that then... Talk, then you go in and start talking with them around what levers to pull in order to meet those goals and what to be how to be efficient. So you're then looking at and a big one for for, for our clients is you know is paying um, their fair share of tax. They want to pay tax and they want to and they want to com- contribute to society. And our job is not to go in and talk to people about stop you know ways of it's very vanilla planning. We're looking at um, you know we're. Um, conservative with a small c around our planning we're not looking at offshoring monies away and we're, we're looking at some real sensible planning lots of it just appears on your tax return the things that you need to be doing but aren't aren't doing and so it's about getting the basics right with the clients that um that need that and that can then lead to solving some of those um cash flow requirements now and in the future on uh, that we we talked about and i think that's um in the business and, and then personally and looking at what you can do to um to, to to then also looking at what it means intergenerationally so if we're passing wealth on as a, a director and we've, we've 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 been lucky enough to grow a successful business and and had an event and we've got a um you know a, a, an estate that we're going to pass on that's going to be liable to inheritance tax then looking at intergenerational and bloodline planning with clients and uh, and wealth transfer is, is a big part of that and it's another thing that we deal with as well yeah, so you need to do that well ahead of time, I imagine, um, before any exits to get any structures put in put in place. And and yeah, I've not met anyone who wants to overpay tax. So uh, you know, we need to do things efficiently and effectively and inside the law. But there are ways to you know to use the the current rules and uh, regulations so that you don't overpay. 
and absolutely uh, yeah you know, people want to pay their their fair share and no more okay yeah, so but... that's the second thing and what's a perhaps the third top tip you can share with us if you've got one uh, up your sleeve there <laughs> don't leave it don't don't leave it to chance and start with the um the end in mind i think and it goes back to that real understanding what it is that that is that is good looks good for you um and understanding why that is and i think having some foresight on that and you, you mentioned it earlier which is it really takes the pressure off i think our, our clients have really said you've really given us you know some some clarity now um and that can be around the boardroom table as well as personally so look, we've really given us as a board a bit more clarity now around what it is that, that we all want to we're all driving towards okay so that's um and so that start with the you know the end of mind and that's you know that's getting the business in great shape and making it look even more attractive to those that are, are they going to be going to buy if you've got a well-run business with good hygiene shareholders agreements in order you've got good you know good structures you've got really happy workforce we can help with those kind of conversations i think that's um you know something i would say is a real top tip is getting that right beautiful so start early prepare and think of the the long term yeah exactly yeah well summed up excellent well thanks for, for sharing with us today adam there's some great advice there for, for any business owner regardless of what stage they're at to really start thinking about their their personal wealth and uh, financial management outside of their business because it makes a difference to a when you're coming to exit and how you're showing up when you're a business owner day-to-day -day running the business thanks again adam pleasure lovely love to see you